Podcast Nerd Out. Join in as we continue the conversation on Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 3 and Andrew Garfield's The Amazing Spider-Man. Hello and welcome back to the Nerd Hour, the Broadcast Nerd Hour. Brought to you by Chex Mix. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> Chex Mix? Yeah. Like, you like combined a couple of things. It's I know. either Chex Mix or Tex Mex. Well, I don't want to get copyrighted, so I'm creating my own thing right now. Brought to you by our paychecks that we work 40 plus hours a week for. And this scattered puzzle next to us (laughs) okay guys we are continuing our spider-man episodes we're talking about toby mcguire's spider-man 3 is it considered a rewatch being that you haven't watched is it still considered a rewatch even though you haven't watched the did i say rewatch well no you didn't but i'm i guess in my head i'm thinking like it we're continuing our spider-man rewatch but it's not really a rewatch. The only thing... Well, it kind of is. We're... It's a Spider-Man marathon might be a better label to put on it. We're put, Being that they're officially a part of the MCU now, loosely, that we're trying mm-hmm. to... We're going back through and getting our depth and everything for them. So, we are going to talk about Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 3 and Andrew Garfield, the amazing Spider-Man today. Yes. Let me just tell y'all what my husband did last night. We are doing this 30 Days of Love, and he drew one where I wanted a Disney-themed date, and he totally got around that. Well, I wanted a Disney-themed outdoor date, movie date, and he got around it since Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire. It's the MCU now. Okay, and he set up a projector in his shop and, like... We had lots of good food, and he put our air mattress out there, but, like, raised up the back of it to where you were kind of, like, sitting up. And we had a movie night. It was super cool. It was nice. It was, like, slightly better than a futon. So Yeah. It, but it was a lot of fun. And, and our dogs got to be out there with us. Mm-hmm. And it actually wasn't, like, like deathly hot outside it either. Was, it was hot. So, unfortunately, when the sun sets here it it beams right on the the garage door of the shop which was where we were projecting at so we started it probably about five ish which sunsets about 750 here so we watched spider-man 3 first and we had everything blocked off so it actually was ended up ended up being hotter in the shop than it was outside so when there was a when we were about an hour in we took a little break we opened up the shop door because it was cooler outside and we let everything kind of cool off and we came inside and played a board game well we played a couple of rounds of a board game which was super duper fun yeah it was blockus if you've never played that before it's such a fun like strategic game very strategic and you can like put you can like put your own spin on it because we did we i think every time we play we kind of put a spin on it 
We have to because you're a lot better at it than I am. It's the one game I can consistently beat him at. <laughs> I don't know why. I guess I'm just really good because I played Tetris like my whole life. <laughs> so, I guess let's start in with Spider-Man 3. So, it's no question that Spider-Man 3, Tommy Wire's Spider-Man 3, is my favorite Spider-Man. Always has been. I don't know if it's because that was the finale of the the trilogy from my childhood. Mm-hmm. You know, that it it was where everything came together. So, that could be one of them. I don't know. There's a lot of things that I think contribute to it. There is, with me saying that though, it's not that I am blind to its flaws. It does have flaws. And we talked about some of them last time. We'll probably talk some more of them here. It felt... Like, the CGI felt like a lot. It, like, I agree. The The CGI in this movie really seems like they wanted to really show off and flex where the computer technology was at this time. And, because this would have been around the time that uh, Revenge of the Sith came out. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I would have to look at the dates to see exactly when... So, I think it was honestly like a battle of studios at this point. I think they were really like, hey, look at what we can do here with our technology. I mean, the scene where with the first time we see the Sandman and when he is coming back together in in the, uh, oh, I just forgot what it's called. But when he's coming back together and the sand's going over the stuff and it shows the grain of the sand. It's yeah. Like, like, that's, that's some pretty high-definition stuff for, like, 2005. But there were some parts, though, where the CGI kind of reminded me of a video game. Does yeah. that make sense? Oh, yeah. I agree. But but keep that in mind, though. The, this is a toy movie. And, and what I mean by that is this... They used to talk about TV shows in this manner. You know, He-Man, Thundercats, stuff like that. They're TV shows built around the toys to sell the toys. You know, mm-hmm. that's what, that's why it is what it is. And I think in these movies, the same way, because I still remember having the black suit Spider Man action figure as a kid. And I wish I knew where it was because, like, there's no telling what it would be worth nowadays because it was just the coolest thing ever. So. Well, I would not say that it was my favorite. It was cool. I it was it was different. So what would you say your favorite is? As of now, or am I talking about the, the Spider-Man the the original trilogy? The second one. The second one, Dr. Octavius. Yeah. Yeah, I I couldn't get I had trouble like with the villain in this movie. And I think the villain is I think that they kind of messed up having like Sandman, Venom and Harry like all kind yeah. of like villains. So it's not like I could get really like attached to kind of one story as they did in Spider-Man 1 and 2. Yeah. But it's not to say that I disliked it or anything. I did want to know more about Venom. Obviously, we know it's Venom, but they don't say that name at all in the movie. No, and and I, I'm sure there was something going on at that point in time where they couldn't, yeah. you know, say it was him. Yeah. I just think that there needed to be more explanation on that and, like, what was going on. I think the idea behind it is... 
is super cool. I honestly don't think we needed the Sandman. I no. think the movie would have been fine. Like, the movie would have been the same without him. Yeah, I, I agree because Venom is such a violent character as himself. Yes. They, they could have played in further with the Harry arc and let him change further to, or closer to the end, further yeah. into the movie, and then helped him defeat Venom. But it it's not like he really gave much help to defeat Venom to start with. No, he showed up kind of late. <laughs> I just, I think when you think about what was the Sandman's role in this movie... We've, okay, we find out he's the one that really killed Uncle Ben. Honestly, we didn't need him for that. We could have, like, kept assuming it was the, the, other, guy. the other guy. He kind of kept everyone away from the building as at the end when Venom was, like, up there doing his thing with Mary Jane. Okay, like, you really... I mean, policemen and stuff were not about to venture up there if the Sandman was not there. You know yeah. what I mean? I just think there wasn't... He... he doesn't make a huge impact on this movie, and this movie would have been exactly the same without him. Yeah, so, which, and I told you this last night, so one thing that I have a, kind of a problem with, I vaguely think that that they had to come back and post on this movie and give these characters endings. I want to, I want to do research on, but this movie struck me as, it was originally supposed to be a part one and a part two. Yeah, movie. I feel that. Because we we come, everything's very well paced up until the fight between Harry and Peter. Yeah. When he's still in the black suit. And then after that, everything goes into overdrive. And it's like really fast. Really, like we're, we've introduced a new character now. We've got all this going on. we got a new battle. Mary Jane's captured again. You know, it's... All the it, I feel like they had to put all this in at post because the Sandman's redemption is very lazy. You know, I understand like he had good intentions for what he was fighting for, but it's still wrong. And for the fact that Peter would have let him go at the end of it, it's like I, I don't believe it. He. It, That's, it, like, it, he, it goes against, like, the other movies. Like, yeah. in the first and second one where we get a villain, we get the origin story, and then we wrap it all up. We even got that with Venom, like, in this movie. But, like, yeah. the Sandman, it's like, what is going on with you? Like, yeah. it just doesn't flow with what, with everything else that they I did. I mean, does he feel bad that, like, essentially it, his life is miserable at this point? That, like... If it, he can't go outside when it rains anymore, he can't go swimming, can't really take a bath or a shower. I mean, he has so, to be dirty the rest of his life. Yeah, so I mean, his family, he can't be around his family. Yeah. Um, his daughter's already on an oxygen tank. I'm not like trying to like make this sound horrible, but his daughter's already on an oxygen mm-hmm. tank, so he, he's kind of dusty. He can't really be around her anymore. So that's kind of it's that's sad. So. It's just, and my other complaint is with Venom, the way Venom is defeated. So, in the fight between Harry and Peter, we how it ends, we see Peter take one of the gob, goblins' mm-hmm. grenades and throws it back at Harry. It blows up inches away from Harry's face. And just scars him. It scars him pretty bad, very viciously. And that could be something with the serum. But we see a symbiote 
that feeds off the anger in the host. Mm-hmm. And we see Eddie jump back in and and Venom is actively like taking Eddie back in when the grenade goes off and it completely evaporates him. My only thing that makes me kind of think that that's acceptable is because they don't go into a lot of detail about like what exactly makes up Venom, maybe there's something in that DNA that causes him to be, be more susceptible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, essentially, and because he was taking over the other guy, I don't remember his name. Eddie Brock. Um, because he was taking over him, maybe like I don't know. Yeah. Essentially, maybe he's like gas to the flame. <laughs> I do. I do have another thing. Like I, and I guess this is just more bad judgment from on Mary Jane's part. She may be just a really forgiving person. But Peter does kind of like backhand her. Yes, he in, decked in the, the mess bar. out of her. And she's like, you know, 20 minutes later, like, oh, Peter, it's okay. Yeah, and they don't really tie up their story, okay? Like, are they getting back together? Are we not going to talk about this ring and the engagement? Are we just, like, supposed to... I mean, obviously, we know in No Way Home, like, he talks about her, so we assume that they're still together. You know what? I think we do get an answer to this, but not in live action. I think we get the answer for this in the Into the Spideyverse. Really? I think the Tobey Maguire Peter Parker, that universe Peter Parker that we see, is the Peter that we have that is getting a divorce. The ma- the older Peter in Into the Spidey. Uh, it's the been one a while that, since I've watched it. He's the one that men- he's the first one that comes through. He's the one that's like mentoring Miles. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So I think that's I think that's the continuation of that story. We need to add that to the list of things to watch, like in this like whole thing. Of it is, but it's almost like where do you watch it? Because like I feel na- like now after we get now that we have No Way Home, it properly should come after No Way Home. I kind of feel like we should watch it between Amazing and MCU. Okay. So. I can do that. Okay, we've talked a lot about Spider-Man 3. So, let's give our ratings on a scale of 1 to 8 because spiders have 8 legs. And I for sure know that now. <laughs> okay, Dakota, go ahead and give your rating. We know that it's your favorite movie, so we kind of have an I kind of have an idea where you're going to rate it. 7 out of 8. Yep. Yeah. It's not um it's not a perfect movie by any means. I have complaints about it, but it to me it's still a movie. I've watched it hundreds of times and still last night watching it I was just as excited to watch it and like even knowing what parts are coming I'm still sitting there like on edge waiting for it to happen I'm gonna give it a five out of eight okay. there's a lot of loose ends that was like not tied up and honestly it just felt a little different than the second one did and I do agree that maybe something happened during production when they're like, hey, this is the last movie. Like, I know we didn't plan for that. But, unfortunately, I'm going to have to give it a 5 out of 8. I think it's, it's... I know it's your favorite. It's probably my least favorite. That's understandable. You know, that's actually very common. And I'm sure other people listening to this that have watched it. It's very on the fence. You either like it or you don't. People who do like it, it is their favorite. People who don't like it, it's not. It's their least favorite. And it's... 
and I think it comes down to how important how important it is for closure in these movies because generally who people who don't like it are like you that like the second one where everything is closed and everything well, gets closed and, and closure. I just think that we don't talk about, they didn't talk about the effect enough that Venom has on Peter and why is he all American rejects and green day emo. And like, what about Gwen Stacy? Like, and there's just a lot of stuff thrown in and there's just not like, it's like, okay, here is like 12 new things. And we're going to wrap it all up at the end of the movie. But you're like, oh my... Like, they didn't go in depth about yeah any of it. But not to say that I disliked it. Because I wouldn't no. say that I disliked it. It's... I still have to say for the, for the cinematics of this movie... I mean, because this movie is about 15 years old now. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit more. And going from... From Spider-Man 1, 2, and 3, which from 20 years old to 15 years old in that range, they, I still am holding true to the fact that they've aged really well. Look Mm -hmm. at any other movie that came out around that time, especially in this genre, superhero movies or uh, science fiction, they're overdone. Look at the, the, as much as I love Star Wars. The Star Wars movies are overdone. George Lucas kind of went back and put his hands in them way too much. Oh, are you talking about Daddy Lucas here? Are you talking bad about George? While he's sitting up in a Skywalker rant looking at all his Ferraris? All I'm saying is he made them perfect the first time he released them. He didn't (laughs) need to come back and mess with them anymore as computer technology got better. That's all I'm saying. But any, I mean, the X-Men movie, Fox has an endless budget. And the X-Men movies, in my opinion, don't live up to what these do. Which I understand that some of the X-Men movies are a little bit older than these movies are. But that's not... Technology doesn't advance that drastically in that short of a period of time. I agree. Well, let's talk about the amazing Spider-Man. I'm actually very excited to talk about this. Because of the fact that I, I love seeing different point of views of how things are seen. And after watching the first Amazing Spider-Man, it really is giving me clarity on why we didn't get an origin story for Tom Holland. And also, I think it's good to point out that neither of us had seen this one. Yes, yes. So we came into this one completely blind with other than the spoilers that we got from No Way Home. Yeah. Which I was fully fine with getting because I felt like I knew enough about the character Mm-hmm. But I'm seeing that there was actually a lot more to the movie that that we, not that we needed, but it was nice to watch. But I'm really enjoying the fact that we got to see a different aspect. And like I said, it I, it makes me understand that we didn't get why we didn't get a Tom Holland uh, origin story. Spider- I don't Spider-Man. feel like we needed it now. Well, it's obvious that that no matter how you look at it. Uncle Ben pretty much dies at the hand of a an assailant that Peter could have stopped beforehand, and because of selfishness, we also see that no matter what, it's because of a fight. Peter goes through the same struggles to get his get to get his suit and to get where he's at. He goes through the same struggles of pain and loss. We do get the inclusion of what happened to his parents in this one. Which is kind of well, it's presumed that they die in a plane crash, which I think in the comics is actually how it happens: is they die in a plane crash at a young. I think you had said that on the last episode when we talked about it. So this one, I think 
they, it shows them dropping him off at his aunt mm-hmm. and uncle's, and they, as far as you know, they're going into hiding. But it flashes through some newspaper later in the movie, and one of them, the headline says, uh, it has their names with the, uh, death in the plane crash. So, I really liked just the scientific aspect of all of this. Mm-hmm. It rings really true to the originals, in my opinion, but in a, like a, a different way, you know, like yeah, like the villain is his own making, you know, yeah. like. But it's it felt different. Another thing, uh, just de- like a, from a detail standpoint, and I brought it up while we were watching, mm-hmm. because this Spider Man doesn't produce organic web like Tobey Maguire Spider Man did. He has to make his own. He just has all the other benefits of. Spider-Man, where he can climb on walls, he has, you know, sticky hands, sticky feet, climb on walls, stuff like that, and he's hyper-intelligent. He was already intelligent, but he's hyper-intelligent. We see that Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man is a little bit more agile mm-hmm. and stronger. I think they really emphasize the strong part, but from a detail standpoint, we see on the web shooters that he made, every time he shoots them, you it has a little red LED mm-hmm. showing it engaging, which I thought was really cool from just like the nerd aspect of me or with me doing, you know, I like to work on cars in my free time and stuff like that. So seeing like a, like a technical mechanical piece working, I just thought that was cool. I think that Andrew Garfield is more awkward. Yeah. Than Tobey Maguire. Yeah, I I will agree with that. And he comes off as more of a loner because he doesn't have a Harry in this universe. He doesn't have a Harry, and he's not like Tom Holland where he has a um, Ned. Yeah. And which or technically MJ, but and that's another thing. This Peter does not have an MJ, but he gets his Gwen. He does have a Gwen, and I think that they have more chemistry than MJ and. And Peter yeah. Parker and the Tobey Maguire. And I said that during the movie. Yeah. I I agree with you. They, there was a lot more passion there. They yeah. They really seemed to care about each other more. He was very open about wanting to let her know that he was Spider-Man. But I guess that would come from the fact that he doesn't really have any friends. He's not as, like, secretive about being Spider-Man not that he's going around telling people, but, you know, Tobey Maguire was really like, I'm going to get in, I'm going to do the good thing, and I'm going to get out. He kind of, like, sits around. Andrew Garfield sits around and, like, kind of milks it. You know, like, yeah. the guy that was stealing, like, the car. Like, did he really have to, like, shoot as many extra webs on him as he did? Like He was, yeah, he was having a little fun with yeah. it. Yeah. And- yeah, so he's and, a little bit more like, ooh, I'm yeah. Spider-Man. And then you go to Tom Holland, and Tom Holland is a strict nobody-can-know policy. Yeah. And not even MJ, and MJ kind of had to find out on her own just to forget in the next movie. Yeah. <laughs> so. But I, I don't have, like, a whole lot more to say about The Amazing Spider-Man. I, one complaint I have is... His mask is a little off-putting. Yeah, you you were all about that. You the, said it like four so, times. And I don't know if it's because I like the Tobey Maguire suit so much and the Tom Hollands. Like I, I, those suits they they look like something Spider-Man would wear. For some reason Andrew Garfield's suit just looks 
like the something in the mask just looks it's odd. the eyes it has to be but it's also like really glossy for some reason mm-hmm. and i don't know it just is off i think it's a little too red i think it needed to be a little bit deeper red I don't know because you <laughs> we say that and and Toby Maguire's suit was, you know, crimson red with you know Auburn blue on it. it you know, throwing that is some fo- true. throwing some football in there. Well, so it I I I thoroughly enjoyed mm-hmm. Andrew Garfield's movie. I do hate that we're having to combine them like we are, where we're doing the you know, continuation of Tobey Maguire into this, and then the next one's going to be a continuation from Andrew Garfield now into Tom Holland. Yeah. But it, it's just, we're, I like doing them in, in pairs. It works out, and unfortunately we have a trilogy, a non-trilogy, and another <laughs> trilogy, so. That's true. Well, are we ready to rate it? I think I am. Okay, on a scale of one to eight, where do you fall with it? I'm going to give it a six and a half. Wow. I'm going to give it a six and a half, which puts it just behind my Spider-Man 3. I'm going to give it a six. I thought it was really good. I put it right behind Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man 2. I can agree with that. It's There is just some good things about it. There is some bad things. I mean, that there's... I like it. I do have an overall complaint, though, that I'm coming more to realize with some of these Spider-Man villains that we see. I understand in the next one is when we get Electro. And I'm kind of curious to see how... But I'm starting to notice a trend with all of the Spider-Man villains that most of them, other than Sandman, is a voice in their head. Mm-hmm. You know, there there is something else there that is not them. Goblin had the serum that caused his personality. Dr. Octavius had the inhibitor, so he had the AI protruding. Venom had the symbiote. Sandman, just throw him away. He turned into sand. He has dust in his <laughs> mind. He has dust on his mind. That's what it is. Uh, and now we have Dr. Connors as the lizard. I think it's like kind of a statement or like... You know, like, that's what, like, the Spider-Man villains, that's, like, the thing that they all have in common. Is it saying New Yorkers have multi-personality disorders? I'm not saying that. (laughs) I'm just saying that they all seem, like, that's a Spider-Man trait. I guess. I'm I'm glad that the Tom Holland villains that we have seen kind of take that away. That is true. We see, but we also... We have, with the Tom Holland Spider-Man, we have the byproducts of the MCU. So, mm-hmm. we have the Falcon from, or I think that's what he's, I can't ever remember his exact name. But, we have the Falcon that's a byproduct from Stark Industries Tech. We have a Mysterio that is Stark Industry Tech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, No Way Home, we have Magic. So <laughs> We have Magic. <laughs> that is... True. So, uh, one thing I do want to address on the pop, well, or the on the on the pod while we're here is when we talk about the Tom Holland Spider Man, we are going to strictly be talking about the movies. 
We're not going to watch Captain America Civil War. We're not going to go no. Endgame. We're not going to go mm-hmm. Infinity War. We're strictly sticking with the Sony production movies mm-hmm. right now. So I think that way, that way we can save not only time, because we have a lot of other movies coming up and shows, but we we've got a big roadmap ahead of us and i do really want to get through this because we've i think between the venom universe combining with our mcu there's a lot of talks we were talking about this before the episode that i've been hearing a lot of rumors that we're gonna get a miles morales in the andrew garfield spider-man universe and i feel like we're gonna get it in the mcu universe we we have differing opinions on this because there is that in credit scene i believe in the second spider-man where the guy is on the phone talking to someone named miles yeah his cousin miles yeah yeah it and it does go across that because he's talking about his cousin miles and it's the guy that uh What's his name? He's in he's in community, the guy the actor. Oh yeah, no, I don't know his I name. I can't remember his name. Um but anyways, he he's got his hand stuck to the trunk of his car. Yeah. And and that was from uh Homecoming, I think. I yeah, think I think it was the second one. No, it'd be the first Homecoming's first you one. You think it was from the first one? See homecoming I thought it, is, that's the post credit the, scene in the first one. See, I was thinking it was in the credit scene and like with Mysterio and stuff, but Mm, no, because no. he was still overseas, I think. Okay. At that point, but anyway, I may be wrong. But the um, I think that we're going to get an Andrew Garfield universe because one, he does not have the trilogy. Although Spider Man's have the trilogy, he doesn't have the trilogy. Two, I think now that they've established that there's other universes, I'm not kicking Andrew Garfield's character, but. Toby Guire is not going to come back. Not for a continuous production movie like Spider-Man again. No. he. I don't think he wants to come back. I think, I, from what I heard, it was hard enough to get him back for No Way Home. But Andrew Garfield, he doesn't have enough going on in his universe that throwing a Miles Morales in it would impede anything. With, in Tom Holland's universe, there's a lot going on right now that, not saying that we don't want a Miles Morales in it, but we, there's a lot that we want to know what's going on in his universe right now. And I think throwing a Miles Morales with into that would take away from that. So they could put him in the Andrew Garfield universe and let him mentor him to perfection and it not impede what's actively going on in the MCU, but would still allow for Miles Morales to come into the MCU once the Spideyverse is better navigated. Okay. So, I hope y'all like this episode. We have a lot coming up. We are we have no certain schedule we're sticking to. We're going to start doing a lot of these short episodes. So make sure that you are subscribed to the podcast so you'll get those notifications when they come out because we're doing podcasts on everything right now. Yeah, so we're taking a step back from the nerd hour aspect mm-hmm. of it and sticking more to the nerd part of it. We're going to be releasing kind of like this one, you know, 30-ish minute episodes, 15 to 30-ish minute episodes on stuff because we got a lot of TV shows coming out which are hard to drag out to an hour. We're also doing these rewatches like this right now that we're trying to dedicate to the actual episodes. 
So there's a lot going on. We got House of the Dragon. We got the Lord of the Rings show. That starts out. tonight, but does um, it start tonight? It does, but by the time you hear this, it will have already happened. So we well, got the Lord of the Rings. Oh, well, we got to sign up for two more streaming services. I thought they were both on HBO. No, the Lord of the Rings oh, is it's on Amazon. Amazon. Maybe we can steal that from mom. I think she has problems. Oh, we should because we share our Hulu with her. Maybe we'll convince her to yeah. do it. So, <laughs> so hopefully in this next episode, we're going to sit down and try to come out with a roadmap for the next couple couple months of what you can expect content wise, and maybe we can live up to it. Maybe we can get everybody else excited to what we're excited about. I know there's a lot going on and. Like I said, just make sure you're following us. We're hopeful. I know our TikTok has been bare lately. Like, literally, like, the TikTok gets bare because we're so busy, like, recording podcasts. We don't get time to, like, do TikToks because we still have jobs. We also haven't been collection shopping as much the last couple of weeks, so... Mm-hmm. So that takes away some of the stuff that we can do. Because but. we have no money. Sponsor us, someone, so we can have money <laughs> to go collection shopping. Better help sponsor us. Oh, my God. <laughs> they are not sponsoring us, but they sponsor everyone else. I think that's a goal. but Yeah, really, that's the goal. But thank you guys for checking in. And leave us a review. Positive one, not a two-star one. That was sad. It was our first bad review. To whoever who left the two-star review, you made me sad. But it's okay. You took it (laughs) a lot harder than I did. I was just like, okay. So, everybody, have a great weekend. Have a great week. Great start to the week. Check in, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for joining us on the Broadcast Nerd Hour. Please like, follow, and share wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to leave us a review and check us out on TikTok at the Broadcast Nerd Hour. Peace out, nerds.